I feel like that's part of the reason why WoW Classic did so well. I think it was a, it was a threefold tactic. One, everyone who hadn't played WoW want like what is a challenging game where I feel rewarded for my stuff? I have not <laughs> felt rewarded for any drop in Final Fantasy XIV since Coil. Like I get drops and I go, cool, I got my Savage drop, and that's it. Like it doesn't. It's but back in Coil, I'd get my my Black Mage outfit, and I'm like, look at me, I am gonna go stand right where you can all see me because mm -hmm. I want you to know. I remember right. back in it's, Coil. It's the concept of gear lust. The, yeah, yeah. We stood on the steps of Mordona just hanging out so people could see our gear. Yep. And now I get my gear and I'm like, I'll just go to my house. Welcome everybody to the Casually Hardcore Podcast. We almost did another mini podcast just in the intro while we were waiting for it to come alive. So uh, we want to welcome Benny from Comic Story and, and Eligible Monster back to the program uh, for episode 44. My name is Brian and uh, we were very happy to sit here and talk about Final Fantasy. This is going to be a casually hardcore conversation, but it's really going to uh, lean into a Final Fantasy 14 patch 5.1, which we had all hoped was going to be out by now, but now we get to sit here and talk about talk about it. We've all, I think, had a really good experience with Shadowbringers, and there's also going to be stuff coming up about content creation, YouTube, the algorithm, whenever you get YouTubers together, it's, I guess it, there is a requirement that we, we discuss the algorithm, <laughs> perhaps, maybe a little bit. We anyway. have to have the complain period where we complain about the ad revenue and, and, re and SEO and all that stuff, and then yeah. you have the Oh, here's how we should fix it, and then it doesn't work, and then we get back to that in a few months. And then, and then everybody who's like not a content creator is like, whatever. Like, yeah, like they all leave. It's like, all right. Like, it's like, well, if you're if you're uh, if your uh, you know life depended on like a you know an equation, <laughs> you'd be really interested. <laughs> oh uh, anyway, so um, we're gonna be diving in a lot into Final Fantasy uh, 14 in this uh, podcast. So we're all 14 players here, but other games are probably gonna come up because we're also uh, enjoying other games as well right now, and that's gonna be a big part of the conversation. So my first real question just to dive in kick it off benny as a bard main how happy are you right now <laughs> i am ecstatic i mean it's gonna be a crappy update to us but it's something it was actually i got i, I so since I, I talked to you guys i joined up into a raid group it's it's just a bunch of normal raiders we get on uh, on the, a nightly basis to play going through it and it was almost like a month into the group that they were like so what do your songs do for us i'm like absolutely nothing like I'm, I'm here for just battle voice and Trabador. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be, I used to be a utility, but then they introduced dancer. Yeah, and, uh, I, like, like, I don't okay. really do much. You guys want me to level dancer? <laughs> you wonder, like um, the conspiracy theorist in me is like, go play dancer. All yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, we'll bring it back. Bringing it back, I know it's not going to be as strong as Stormblood, which I find funny because the Stormblood increase was only two percent. I, I, I couldn't remember what it was, so I looked it up, and it's like. It was a 2% crit buff. I'm like, so it was negligible back then, but it existed. And so I'm like, what's it going to be? 1%? It's not going to be as strong as Stormblood? Yeah. 1.9%. Like, okay. But hey, but... it's something. I do something again. So I'm happy. Well, it, it's also that incentivizes the singing and all of that. And I think a lot of people like, and, and again, it's like when we always expect 5.1 and 5.2 to kind of be like, okay, let's adjust some of the jobs now that we've seen the raid and things like that. Um, right. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> I mean, you are right. It will incentivize actually singing because right now the, each of the songs does something for me and there's a weird spot in the rotation where you could fall out of the rotation due to like phase shifting and stuff like that. 
there's been times where I'm like, I know it's going to hurt my DPS a little, but I'm going to let the rotation fix. And like, I'll wait the extra six seconds and have no song up while it rotates back to the one I want. Now it's going to be like, oh, put the crap one up and figure it out, you know? <laughs> mm. Are you excited about the sound change for Apex Arrow? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see why that was even needed, but sure. <laughs> it seems it's, it was interesting that it was mentioned in the live letter because like, yeah. oh, finally, you know, I, but you know, as a non- there's a thread somewhere. Of people just going nuts. <laughs> They're like, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so for this podcast, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Be sure to check, uh, obviously, our last show out with my name uh, is Bife, talking about Destiny 2 lore and his journey with Destiny, which was a really excellent show. Uh, also, we want to thank our partnership with Exit Lag. Uh, link is in the description below. Uh, you can also use the code Do Work for twenty percent off if you are having lag issues. I've heard a lot of good. A lot of good feedback from people uh, with this uh, kind of channel promotion. So we want to thank them for that, um, sponsoring the channel and helping us do this thing like this podcast. But with the business concluded, let's go ahead and talk about what we're playing real quick. Because uh, it, it really kind of ties into the theme of 5.1 and our positives and negatives of Shadowbringer so far. Uh, Chris said in the pre-show uh, that he is, uh, I guess, not so keen or not so excited anymore about 5.1. And, and that's been driving Benny nuts. I want to know why. Because I'm just mixed. As a player who's been around since 1.0, I, I, I let me see if I can pinpoint your issues with it. Yeah. Um. Either you're a Sammer Nin main, <laughs> you're one of those two, or you're because you guys, if if I'm not wrong, you guys kind of came in around the beginning of Storm uh, Stormblood, right? As content creators, I'm a 1.0 okay. guy. I've okay. been around right. since uh, Era. But from a content creation okay. perspective, right at the end of Heaven's Word, right into Stormblood. That's when okay. we actually had our like channel, etc. Because the biggest complaint I normally see when these patches start dropping is that it's a lot of rehash content, which I do agree with. It's a lot of the same stuff that we always see. They go a very safe route, which I wish they wouldn't always do. Um, but that, but we do eventually get new stuff. But I mean, unless you're a ninja main or a sand main, or you just don't like the fact that we're what was getting the last the new thing we got. What's that? What's the last new thing we got in your opinion? New thing, like a new attempt, Eureka. They don't really give us like one thing per expansion at this point. We got Heaven on High was Heaven Sword. Eureka with Stormblood. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. just, yeah, just just setting the tone. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're not wrong. And I agree with you on that. They're, they take they play a very safe route. Yeah. Like to I the point it, where new players hit me up, and I'm like, we can know exactly what's going to happen, guys. You don't have to speculate. Do you <laughs> think that has a lot to do with 1.0? I do. Um, since A Realm Reborn did so well, I think it did too well. So even if they want to try new things, I think they're too scared. I, I think it's very much like, no, just do, here's Savage, yeah. and then we're going to do 24 Man, and then we're going to do a dungeon, and then, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, a very set. Path. It's golden handcuffs, yeah. through and through. And the um, problem is, it hasn't hurt them yet. Right. Like, as much as the players like us that have been around forever are complaining about it, they still boast increasing numbers. Whether or not that's true or not, they still boast it. So it's working. Well, I mean, and then yeah. you look at just the success of, uh, of Shadowbringers. Uh, yeah. And so uh, you asked Chris a question. I'm gonna let him get. I'm gonna let Chris answer that. Like, is he right? <laughs> is he wrong? Like, uh, we're, 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 what's the correction, Chris? So I, I really just feel mixed, and it's nothing as um, in the short term or selfish as like changes to my class. Like, I, I'm a warrior main, and yes, I'm. I wish my gap closer was was free, um, but it's it nothing to do with that. Is it entirely? as somebody who played WoW and watched it morph and change into something that I no longer liked. I love Final Fantasy. Shadowbringers was one of the best expansion experiences I've ever had. 
Um, and when I start to think back to which one could be better, I have to start to question like, okay, where was I at my time in, in my life and all that? And I have to start thinking about all these other factors because it was so long ago. So like they've really tapped into something incredible here. I watched Lore and that's like a big change for me because Lore just hasn't been engaging enough for what I look for in a game for to be something that I've taken seriously. Um, and so I watched every single cutscene. I even watched and I even read all the side quests. So like I picked up some things that Brian didn't. So like I have enjoyed the crap out of Shadowbringers. But then I look at the patch. Now I wasn't horribly surprised by anything in the patch notes, especially because everything they told us at the media tour, everything they've told us at FanFest, like we knew where this was going. Like you said, it's very predictable. Yeah. Um, my frustrations were that we had a fear with it being casual bringers and they have gone the direction of things like we're going to make decent basically 100% for everybody and we're going to like it's just these these little notes where we start to make things so friendly to everybody um it, it's like the lot when they announced that we were going to get all 10 skills or whatever like no like you have to you can't just let a kid eat ice cream for every meal like at some point you have to be the bigger person and you have to say like no we know what's good for you and we're gonna do it even though you're complaining right um so all of my frustration is yes it will probably be a great patch so that's the other thing is if i go put a video out on this like why i think 5.1 shows cracks in the armor and why it concerns me for the long-term health of this game 5.1 will boast record numbers Ultimate will be top of Twitch, mm -hmm. and people will go, see, Chris, you're wrong. I'm not talking about now. I actually, I actually agree with you 100%. I've been complaining about this, that that exact mentality, and I just had to accept it since Coil. Coil came out hard as hell. You had to be a very unique group to get in there. The game was still challenging. Everyone had roles. I've seen since A Realm Reborn the pattern of what you're saying. More and more mm -hmm. casuals, more and more casuals. To the point where I gave up on Savage because there was no reason to do Savage. When they made easy mode raids, it was like, well, there's the story. So unless I have a solid group that I have fun with, I'm not bothering with Savage. Right. And that was why I gave up for so long. Yeah, I was talking actually with Larry Zar about that that thing is that he really is raiding as a part of that strong integral group that he enjoys playing with. And that's right. the reason why they do Savage. Because we, we, him and I had a long conversation about that the other day. It was really insightful because unless you have that dedicated friend group, there really isn't an incentive other than like, hey, I've you know I'm checking a box or whatever. Now everybody might have a different way that they incentivize with that specifically, right? So everybody driving themselves can say, okay, this is my goal. This is what I'm going to do, and that's great. And that's one of the things that I think, and I and I've called for numerous times that giving players more sandbox. Essentially, when we talk about why are these games some like why do we see this huge spike with 14 content uh you know wise and then you see a huge drop off is that there's just not like a lot of sandbox that to be to be played around with the game is so based off of its narrative structure which i love like i, I i'm like mm -hmm. i am here the story is the expansion and then when I see a lot of people commenting things like uh, two tomes in a raid, like what's different? Like, you know, and I've seen that over and over and over again over uh, since Stormblood, since now. And it, it's starting to mirror what we saw the problems with Destiny 2 back in the day. Uh, two tokens in a blue, you know, I was like two tomes <laughs> in a raid. Like, oh my gosh, like how do you go and how do you go and kind of escape that trajectory? But for me, essentially what, what helped me kind of come 
to terms with it in a way is that when we sat down with Yoshi P and it's that the dev team, if they can, I, I, I guarantee you they will. What I think what we have with 14 at its core is uh, kind of the ghost of 1.0 to a lot of degrees. They never knew Heaven's Word was going to be a thing because they were just trying to salvage the ship. And ARR, and you're right, Golden Handcuffs is you know was so was so well received that it is very difficult. And that's the reason why you don't see like currency as a part of fates outside of Heaven's Word. I, I mean, outside of the the new the new uh, areas with right, the Shadowbringers, right. It, right. it's technically not impossible, but it's technically like 10 to 20 times harder than it than it was to put it into the new areas to begin with. And so I, I for me, I go, I'm here about the story. I'm here for the gameplay. I'm here for the, like, I love the community. I love playing this game. I'm trying not to set expectations, having met with Yoshi P that right. they're not going to be able to deliver because otherwise I will increasingly grow frustrated with the game. And so the question is, I, and this is a little bit of a pivot, but I really want to know, uh, Benny, what's your thoughts? Because Yoshi P said that uh, they've been working on a new game back since 2016. It just came out of pre-production like earlier this year. Like, is the trajectory from a narrative perspective setting up something else, something bigger in your mind, whether it's four years or, or you know, or five or six years down the road? Like, is it is it better from a business model to sit here and say, okay, we're going to just do what we can with 14 and we're going to just play it safe. But we're really like taking all this feedback and basically going to do something down the road with Yoshi P at the head of it. Oh, I've actually toted this theory now since Shadowbringers ended or right before it actually, that they're going to end with the end of Shadowbringers and introduce that new game. Oh, seriously? You think it's going to be sooner? I think oh, I, no I, my theory I would is love that. it's going to lead to another calamity because that's what they were hyping up. Yeah, and we're gonna shut not shut down fourteen. Yeah, but leave it and almost and I I, I my theory it was based on the fact that we got new game plus because they're almost going to basically they have a way to link them together or something to allow you to experience true fourteen. But here's the new game, sixteen or seventeen or fourteen two or whatever they want. To Gosh, play. that is my dream, and like I'm trying and I and I and I'm so I've been so hesitant on beating that drum because I I too yeah. am on the on the calamity perspective yeah. narratively wise like if we're ever going to get to zodiac we got to do like oh i think we're causing the other calamity yeah i think it's going to be it's our us. fault i, I think, think the, the i think the act of of trying to prevent it is going to ultimately be what causes it if we hadn't come over then we wouldn't have made the mess that's ultimately going to result in the problem like that that you know spoilers incoming <laughs> at this point i don't know if we still have to announce spoilers for people that haven't played shadow ringers but like i think that you know a, a ghost of Emmett saying like, oh yeah, I wouldn't have gone that direction. Like he would have even been the one to prevent the calamity we're going to cause. Um, so I, I think that we're going to make that mess. Um, I don't think it results in a new game. I think it just results in a new take. The problem is that when I say the word casual, I don't mean that everybody needs to be like a perfect player. I'm not talking about the, the quality of their play. I'm not talking about the quality of their time. Um, I'm talking about this, this just general, it's good for everybody. I'm talking about this just appeal to everybody. And it's the direction that WoW went. And it's the reason I don't think 14 will move to a new game is the same reason WoW hasn't moved to a new game. There's too much money involved. You have an entire development team working on whatever other project Yoshi P is working for. And that thing is probably entirely cash funded by 14. Straight oh, yeah. up. I, they're not yeah. pulling into debt. There's no investors. They're, they're just 
throwing cash at it. And you can only do that as long as you keep the cash cow alive. So I don't think they'll ever stop developing 14. I think there will always be a new expansion. I think the expansions will just feel more and more and more empty. And that's what WoW did is they leaned. If you go listen to like Ian Hanacostas talk about the game, they started to, they got to the point where rather than sit down and go on a company retreat like 14 does and say, let's build something as a core group and let's pour our lives and our souls into this, which is probably unhealthy for them as individuals because they're, they, they dump so much into this game. I don't know how they have time for family and all that. And instead they say we ran the analytics and it told us what fun was mm-hmm. fun was you played this 20 hours therefore it's fun no i played it 20 hours because that was the only way to get that item and rating is not fun without that item right that doesn't mean that 20 hours is fun so like brian and i we talk a lot about when we review games like this dollar per hour theory i'll play any game as long as i can get a dollar per hour but what is an hour an hour for me is an hour of joy not an hour of gameplay so if an hour sucked, that hour doesn't count. <laughs> right. And so in the world of Warcraft, their analytics don't quantify those hours differently. And that's my concern here is that they would spin up another expansion and they would say, the sub numbers are on the rise. People must still love this game. I would say, I, uh, I'll go ahead, Benny, please. Well, I was gonna say, actually, I had this discussion with somebody uh, two days ago. And it's, it's funny, it's not Final Fantasy, it's Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. And I have been a, kind of what you've been thinking about, Chris, for years now, because I've noticed a lot of games that I play, because I have a lot of time to play games, uh, going in this... I, Rub I agree, it in. It's, it's not a casual thing. <laughs> what <it's>, a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, I'm just kidding, I love you. I, I have as much time as you guys do after my work's done for the day. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I just, my wife also plays, so we just play nonstop. Uh, <laughs> my wife did, and then we started breeding, but continue. <laughs> see that was your mistake that's where your gaming see, time went t- well today today in five years i've got my own team you know you're making your own esports exactly team. i got you good idea <laughs> so anyway um games in general i because i don't like the idea of casual because everyone like there's, there's like everyone's like the casual the midcore, the hardcore and i kind of feel like the terms are just going out the window because mm-hmm. every game is trying to make it so that you're just going to hang out for a couple of hours and they just try to, and they're all going off of this idea that those couple of hours aren't going to be wasted. And they've all gone towards this idea that we're going to constantly reward you for playing it. And because I was talking to the guy who's trying to put together raids for Destiny 2, we within the first three days, we beat the raid. Or for, for me, when I got back, so it was like a week and a half, basically, because I was on trips for the first week. So it's like a week and a half, we got the first raid down. Um, and then like last week he was hitting me up and he's like, well, don't you want to get on play more destiny? I'm like, I'm getting on, but we've done everything. Like I can get on and I can accomplish minor goals, of course, uh, over the course of like an hour or two. And if you look back, a lot of games have gone in that manner. Mm-hmm. Final fantasy has gone more and more towards the idea of don't get on for five hours, get on for two or three hours. We're going to take that chunk of your time. And I don't like that because they're continually doing that to the point where now that I've gotten back into Savage, last time I hardcore Savage was Heaven Sword. Mm-hmm. I dropped out for Stormblood. I'm back in now. Apparently now I, because uh, I've been getting the drops, they just drop a chest that I can open on any job I want instead of waiting for a very particular drop. So now like I'm gearing up a second job in Savage already. And it's, it's within the first month and a half of doing it. While old school, we'd be doing this for months to gear up multiple jobs, praying that the drops all dropped. You know, every game is moving in the direction of trying to make it so that I can get into Savage now, complete it in an hour, cleared up a whole new job, and we're good. You know, and Destiny. Huh? Is that Party Finder? Is it that Party Finder mindset that's just trickling into everything? 
Maybe because like we got so we were trying to do Prague in E3, right? Uh, a Savage Three. This uh, uh, still working on that right now. But uh, when we got done, people in the group they didn't say, "Okay, I'll see you guys next week." They went off and beat it in Party Finder. So now we've got people who already beat it. But I think it is. I think it's that Party Finder mindset. It's that looking for raid mindset. Oh, I can just jump in and play the game. I can just jump in and do the story. I don't need to get really good. Is really what it comes down to. I can get mediocre in Destiny, and this is what I was talking about. Destiny hands you amazing guns for showing up to the fight. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get good with headshots. You don't have to get good with knowing the exotics right. or the optimal builds. You don't need to know what mods are going to break through. There's like two things in that game where you need to know what you're doing and everything else you can roam around with your favorite gun and make progress. And Final Fantasy is doing that too. You can roam around or whatever you want and make progress. You don't got to get super good. Just get good enough. And Fortnite works off the battle pass concept. So even if you're failing, you're progressing. You know, Rainbow Six is dropping a battle pass now. So even if you're failing, you're progressing. Uh, One of the reasons why I just restarted BDO is it's probably one of the last games that's difficult to make progress in. And going back into it, you can now AFK level. And I'm like, well, there goes that challenge. I'm just going to punch this thing for 10 hours while I do other stuff. Is that why we're <laughs> seeing such a resurgence of classic games and knowing that you and I are both Final Fantasy XI, uh, you know, aficionados? I, I feel like that's part of the reason why WoW Classic did so well. I think it was a, it was a threefold tactic. One, everyone who hadn't played WoW, want, like, what is a challenging game where I feel rewarded for my stuff? I have not <laughs> felt rewarded for any drop in Final Fantasy XIV since Coil. Like, I get drops and I go, cool, I got my Savage drop. And that's it. Like, it doesn't, it's, but back in Coil, I'd get my my Black Mage outfit. And I'm like, look at me. I am going to go stand right where you can all see me because mm-hmm. I want you to know. I remember right. back in it's, Coil. It's the concept of gear lost. The, yeah, yeah. We stood on the steps of Mordona just hanging out so people could see our gear. Yep. And now I get my gear and I'm like, I'll just go to my house. You know? I played retail the week before Classic dropped. And I went and ran some old Transmog runs. And I ran the weekly LFRs. And I got multiple new eye level increases, one of which Titan Forged. So I got like this just amazing statistical thing. My total eye levels went up. And then I went and ran Girl's Lair and the Dragonspire trophy dropped. I was more excited about the DST, which has no value to me because the DST was something I chased for two years, every weekly lockout on my Hunter and I never got it. And it represented a massive DPS increase. And it it represented the the ability to go in and take on content that I would not be able to take on without it. Like it it was just, the item was so much more than this item. There was a whole culture around it. Right. Um, And that that's gone. And Uh, and that's what I mean. Cause like, even like destiny, I hit 950. I didn't even know I did it. Like I had raid gear, raid armor, and I just (laughs) stumbled into 950 and I'm like, Oh, I guess I've done a warlock for the most part. Time to do that difficult grind, you know? But like at no point was I excited. I didn't get like stoked that I had beat the Destiny raid and got my armor and things like that. And I ha- I haven't felt like that in Savage. I'm having more fun just having fun in Savage. The drops drop and I'm like, I'll take it if you guys, nobody wants it. You know, like I don't care. <laughs> and that's just the symptom. Like it, it spreads to so much more, right? Because when you go into Party Finder, you don't talk to people, you don't, in- you don't, talk about mechanics you just get in there and you do it and if and if somebody is doing a bad job they don't 
they don't know how to get better. They don't have right. to get better. You don't want them to get better. You kick them. They go into a group that can carry them. They don't improve. You don't improve. You just replace them and you move on. Yeah. As opposed to something like a WoW Classic or an 11, it's in my best interest to teach you to be better because it hurts me for you to be bad. It hurts you for you to be bad. That's gone. And so I think that was my frustration with 5-1. There's nothing wrong with 5-1. 5-1 is is absolutely that that girl in college that i met we went on a date she was great that's it like <laughs> we just didn't hit it off and and i'm sure she went on to be this amazing woman who's in a loving marriage and has beautiful children and is very happy but it wasn't going to happen between us and so that's how i feel about five one is like maybe it's just not for me because it, there's nothing wrong with it. It has. I'm really excited about restoring uh, the Sigis card. card. Yeah. I, I'm really excited about the changes they're making to crafting and gathering. So like, I'm gonna play the crap out of 5.1, but I can already tell that there will be a time in my life that I don't play Final Fantasy. Now it should have been obvious that I wouldn't have played Final Fantasy when I'm 70, because like, what are the sheer odds that Yoshi P still alive? You're not a true uh, fan. Then. So, like, but so I already knew that, okay, at some point in the next, you know, 50 years, I'm going to quit this game. But now all of a sudden I'm, I'm asking myself, yeah, but will I be here in five? And I, and I can't answer it. I don't know. And it's because I'm starting, the pattern is just the pattern. And what are the odds that can write this good of a story next time around? Like, we can't expect them to have this good of a story every time. Like Shadowbringers is one of those gems that I will cherish for the rest of my life. But right. Like change of Mafia. The, the back story in, is oh, yeah. carrying this expansion. The it's um, carrying it. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and I think I try to set some context here because I've heard you both uh, kind of make an argument for Eureka and the fact that we're not getting that because a lot of what Eureka was was that five hour grind. That's actually one of the things sure. that I struggled with because I was like. I just didn't, I, I couldn't find the time. And that's just where I am in life. And I've right. also said it, you know, to be completely clear, I don't need them to make this game for me specifically. Like I want them to make, that's why I'm like happy that, uh, with classic success. I hope it continues to be successful despite all the like geopolitical issues going on right now. Not going to get into on this show. Um, and that's why I really, really would love to see Final Fantasy XI remastered, brought to like consoles, computers nowadays. We haven't heard from mobile, etc. I, I long for that kind of content, even if I can't currently engage with that. And that's what I always felt like when you look at a theme park. Yoshi P is doing his his absolute best uh, as a far as you know, trying to say like, yeah, here's this. But then we also have this kind of content. I think five one its weakness is that we haven't even heard about what this relic system is, and that actually makes me excited and nervous and Eureka not necessarily well received by everybody. I didn't engage with it, but I, I was like, I'm glad it exists. My right. frustration is that it expires and we have to, I wish we could get out of the cycle of things that expire. I just don't know how, because if, if Eureka was leveling content now, if I could go in and level up my jobs that I'm leveling through the roulettes right now, as a part of kind of this idea of Eureka, I think that would be a good balance because these are some of the best design zones that we've seen up until up until Shadowbringers, and I think that we can see them improving in certain areas because of that. Uh, the I think also though is that, like, yeah, like the the narrative is is what fourteen is. It's it's a numbered mm -hmm. Final Fantasy game. Right. The narrative is what's important. What's weird about it is that we yet haven't seen like ARR completely go into this, either by the player or just play through ARR at this point with Shadowbringers because that is the challenge. I wonder if we'll see that adjustment come with uh, with 5.3 because they've said that's something like that's going to mm -hmm. happen story-wise to kind of help 
tighten up ARR? Because at the time, I know a lot of people like rag on it, but at the time as a player who was one row to the 2.0, ARR was great. Even the fact that you had ridiculous quests and it tied into the primals, like I loved that because it was content to do and we had no idea what was going to happen. Now I think the... I think the fact that we can, with like reasonable accuracy, predict what is what is going to happen, what is going to happen. Ultimately, they have to either transition us to a new game. So I actually 100% agree with Benny and think Chris is wrong on this. Is that I think they're seeing what's happened with WoW. I think Yoshi P is watching and saying, well, obviously there's going to be an, an inflection point. He thought that was going to be uh, Stormblood. He thought Storm Stormblood was the apex and it was all going to be downhill. I think that with this, their their goal is to end on a high note. Any artist, and you always want to leave people wanting more. You always want to just kind of finish and let the and people cheer you back on stage for one final song. I think that if if they're smart and they're playing their cards right, fourteen is to lead into either a new narrative, you know, or another another game, and to say like this is what it is. We're not taking it away. You can go experience that, but then go check out this new thing, um, because and I think that's going to be ultimately what what makes the I mean- most sense. Going with that, they could very easily easily treat it like they're doing 11, mm-hmm. where 14 still exists, still gets content. Mm-hmm. Not massive, but we're going to please those individuals, and the plot continues on in the 14.2 or yeah. whatever they're going to make it. And that is a game engine they built. They're able to do whatever they want with. They can make it work how they want to. You know, and then and I, I personally think that was the reason behind New Game Plus. Like some people are like, oh, they're competing with WoW Classic. I'm like, they're competing with WoW Classic. They just had to be like, Hey, you could reset your character and you wouldn't have to make any system to make that work. Right. You could literally just go, okay, now my 80 bard, it's a level one again and I can redo all stories because it's fun. You know, like it's literally all you had to do. It would have been like two buttons in their system. Yeah. So there's too much thought put into a new game plus model in my, in, at least in my opinion, to it just be that. Here's new game plus. Enjoy. You know, it not having a reward is the other thing I was frustrated about. That I did irritate me because I was like, I'm gonna do New Game Plus. If, if, if this is something. supposed to be a, a leveling theme park, then how come all my alt jobs that haven't capped can't get experience their first time through New Game Plus? Right. I understand if you don't want me to farm it or whatever, and you don't want me to have the 300,000 gold that you get through the ARR story and all that, that's fine. But the fact that I can't get just a little experience, like experience is basically free in this game, like, and you couldn't even give that out. Right. Like at fifty percent, like just something because it's like okay, well this is nice. Not anything to pull you out of. Put it on my challenge. Demand. Yeah, challenge. Oh, oh we yeah. get it for your first oh, five story quests each week. Fine, then I'll do exactly five every week. <laughs> It'll take me ten years to get through the story. I, I think, and you know, honestly, we'll, we're going to get with Mioni. We've got him coming up on the podcast next. Um, we'll hopefully be able to go hands-on with these systems and kind of get our, like, what does it actually feel like that now that we've got access to them? Because honestly, beyond the reward, my my biggest, uh, like, my biggest hope that New Game Plus will either eventually be is an ability to actually go and experience these fights with your friends. I really mm-hmm. wish there was an option to play together on more of the stuff. I, I get the narrative and the story piece of it, that it's us, ver- like... Because one of the things that was really interesting, I'd like to get Benny uh, your thoughts on it. Because I told this to Chris like a, a couple days ago. Somebody in the comments talked about from the narrative perspective that we actually aren't playing our characters. We're playing the Warrior of Light. That is right. the role we're playing. And just like in Guild Wars 2, you play the commander. You're actually not playing whoever your character is. There is no option to be on the Horde or the Alliance or the you know the Warriors of Darkness or the Warriors of Light. Like we are playing this story and this character itself thus 
there isn't really that sense of drama. Like you asked in the pre-show, like, you know, why do we not see dips like in World of Warcraft and some of these other games where with 14 it's big spike and then it goes off. And it's like there isn't any give and take. There isn't any of that any of that drama that can happen as a part of the sandbox with the exception of probably the crystal data center like role-playing is a is a sandbox uh you know style game but devs can never make enough content that we can consume and it's all about trying to get people the sandbox you even said that you go back to minecraft minecraft being an ultimate version of a sandbox in which that yeah. you just go and like here's this just go nuts final fantasy 11 a sandbox um you know that it's that i think what chris said to me and he can confirm if it's true or not. He says that what we what we hope to see eventually is a, sh a shifting and a return to what we would call a hybrid MMO, that right. theme park and that sandbox coming together so that you can have that narrative experience. But it's a classic has right. And, and so yeah. the question I want to I want to pose to you, Benny, is that uh, do you think though that fourteen being so narrative driven hurts it from a content creation perspective, which hurts? people coming into the game itself, or do you think it's the subscription paywall? Um, no, I think it's the narrative because going back to wow, like bringing up why wow maintains viewership and wow final fantasy does it. Uh, I, it, it, I had to say this for the cell, uh, for wow classic that we moved on before I finished the points, but I think that it, the narrative I think is amazing for 14, but I also think it hurts it to an extent because they are so focused on the narrative. We don't get anything interesting to do outside of it. I, I, I it's not the proper way to say it. It's, you, since we can tell what's coming, there's no surprises. I mean, narrative is the only thing it's that we surprise. have that could surprise you. That's yeah. the surprise. Right. No, right. You know, knowing, not knowing what Emmett is going to do and not knowing what, you know, uh, Ishtola is going to do next. That's the surprise. Since everything else is pretty much just a repeat, I feel like that's where the content creation kind of dries up. Because, well, WoW has the exact same problem where they come out with a bunch of new and stuff like that. Every patch, they try something new, be it a self, well, not every, but they try things like be it a selfie cam or timeless aisles. There's always a new crack at something that people can find interesting and their PVP scene is really good. And they've got personalities that are able to support the game. Final Fantasy doesn't have the 20,000 viewership personalities. They've got the, they got the personalities that people know. So you're not, no one's showing up here. I mean, I've met, I've chatted with Mr. Happy. I like the guy, but he's not pulling down 20,000 viewers when he hops on the game. He's not Osmodan over on World of Warcraft where, you know, he goes live and it doesn't matter if the dude's standing in town, people are going to watch him. You know, we've got some personalities. So we don't, we, what I'm saying is we don't have personalities that draw people in. Then you got to look at the content. WoW has a active PvP scene. Mm -hmm. And even with the theme, theme park, it's very sandboxy. You could still run around and do a lot of the old content like you were saying, Chris. And you have a lot of different areas to go to. And Final Fantasy... It's almost able to, like when you log in and you see me go, I'm on a new job. You can go, okay, he's going to run five roulettes. He's going to run in the fates. He's going to do this. He's, you know, you know exactly what I'm going to do. But if you go on and I'm watching you level up, Chris, on WoW, uh, WoW Classic, I don't know what you're going to do. Are you going to quest? Are you going to grind? Are you going to go do dungeons? You know, there's so many different options. Well, also, how are you going to build know. out your character? You right. know, how are you like going to build every, it out? What are you going to do Every bard's a bard. Every, uh, you know, it's, and... To, it's a strength from a from a, ma a mathematical perspective, and that's why we also have seen such kickback on like Eureka and Blue Mage, is that yep. those are these alternate systems that kind of don't fit in the mold, which I love that they do. So to say mm -hmm. like 14's not taking risk, I just important. I just feel like when you look at it, like I wish they would I wish they would lean more into that, and I don't know what that would take. Would that does that take another 500,000 subscribers 
for that to happen? Or is the engine itself that it's, you know, <laughs> that it's so Jenga tower that it's like, okay, like it doesn't necessarily make sense. How do we fund whatever uh, right. in that regard? So you bring up a PVP point and do you PVP in 14? Uh, to level. <laughs> <laughs> I can never get a good feast team, so I normally abandon it pretty quick. <laughs> the I, I've, I've been doing uh, my, my PvP. Like, I've really, like, I love PvP. I think PvP is a, a great piece of content that fills in gaps in PvE content. When we talk about the it sandbox, does. it's that, like, oh, like, you you did the raid in Destiny or, or whatever. It's like, like, Destiny has always kind of then been become my PvP game. I will spend hours just, you know, running Crucible because it's fast, it's effective, you just get in and out, and then I go and I do it in 14, and I go, man, like, if they made three changes, like, it would yeah. be so amazing. One, While PvP is good, Destiny mm -hmm. PvP amazing. That's what keeps me going around back to Destiny. I love Crucible, but mm -hmm. what makes those interesting is the, I think, the randomness. Even in PvP and Final Fantasy, you can almost tell what's going to happen because everyone's gotten so complacent, and there's so many bots in it. Like, once it starts rolling, more often than not, you're just kind of like, well, I know who's going to win. My team's got more bots. Well, this is the bum rush team. Well, this one got more DPS than I did, and they're going to outdo me here. It's too easy to, uh, to, to just foretell what's going to happen in that match in Final Fantasy XIV. And it's also not all that interesting. It's go capture point, go blow up thing, 24 people fighting it out. I think they were trying to go for the, like, the giant open world, you know, massive army battle thing, and they needed it to be closer to Battlegrounds. Like, oh, we're saving the dwarves, so I'm claiming this, that, and the other thing, and things like that. And there needed to be, and without, sadly, without being much customization, it's kind of easy to tell who's going to win each one-on-one -on -one fight. Like, there's no real, I can't come in there and be like, my bard can beat that paladin because I outgeared, or I've got the better build to take out a tank. I look at a paladin and go, hey, that ain't happening. And I right. run away. <laughs> the In that in that same vein, like, it's that... Uh, they continue to add new modes. So even in like, not with five, one, but five, one, five, which is always kind of a, like, sometimes that feels like a punch. Cause I'm like, I'm looking forward to that in the <laughs> mid patch. So that's still, like, it's not even like this week. Okay. I get it. Cause you don't want to give me too many options when I log in on, on Tuesday. I, like, I've never understood that. <laughs> it's, it, keep it, people subscribed. It keeps people keep subscribed. People yeah. subscribe. The, and even Ace. if it is a development, you know, pipeline issue, that's the that's the lesson I've learned. It's like I I believe in this dev team a hundred percent. I believe in Yoshi P and his team, and that and to prove it, it for me, like them putting you know different headgear for the different races, despite like whatever, like the team will work and they'll do whatever they can do. But some things I think are you know when you look at the engine, when you look at how it how it came to be, that like it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, yeah. but it's also I, I'm I'm fortunate that this game is does exist because. They're going to lean into whatever it is. But PvP for me, like, oh, yeah, let's make a new mode. Great. Now we're taking a small player base and dividing <laughs> yeah. them even, like, again. And, like, can we just come up with whatever? Like, the fact... Something that works well. I, I agree with you on that. We Stop making new modes. Repair what the problem is. And, like, I feel like, like you said it earlier, Jenga Tower. The PvP in Final Fantasy is a Jenga Tower. But we're literally on the last blocks on the bottom of the whole tower. And they're continually putting things on top of it. You want to know how like, I, I fix PvP? Well, how? I think uh, just like how they made healers healers uh, for PvE, they, healers need to be DPS in PvP. And this is what we, we've run tests. Uh, when you go into PvP right now, whoever has the best healer is is, is favored to win. Like maybe yeah. maybe something happens, they get lucky. But more than often than not, 
the person who had the team that had the most healing is the team that hands down destroyed and owned it. Mm-hmm. We ran uh, custom PvP matches and we had one rule, no healers. And the strategy changed. The action was fast and furious and we had the best time we've had any time in PvP. Obviously, we're talking trash because we're all together. Like, everybody knows everybody there. <laughs> the matches went back and forth hard. Yeah, hard. Yeah, like, we and just, we're talking about, like, awesome. a massive shift. Like, all, like, we were winning and then all of a sudden, like, no, they rallied and they just kind of swept through us. And it's like, it, it, changed, it made every map and every match, you never knew who was going to Because you will die. Right. And yeah. I was like, imagine... Like, because I know healers are going to want to heal. It was the, it's the role restriction. You know, it's the fact that they have the, like, you have to have a ranged and a melee and a, and a tank and a healer. Like, they have that rule set for feast, and that keeps that queue time forever long. And oh, so, it does. Which yeah, makes people not even want to try it. Exactly. And uh, all of a sudden, it, it, all of a sudden, it's like, if. You only uh, have to get it to level 30. Right. <laughs> so if a job is bad, they'll just level up another one. Like, there's no reason for that. It's not like you're protecting somebody. And being that PvP runs off its own like action set, its own like set of rules, like like just give everybody like their own like oh my god heal, you know like I'm gonna yeah. like and then have a, have a uh, like a long cooldown. So you're trying to do a strategy here, and then you go and sit here, and then you add in leaderboards, you add in like yeah. stats that, that persist in the game. Point. Don't make yeah. the website one. I hate the website. Oh, I hate. Oh, that's the same thing for uh, for all the content. That's the same thing for Palace of the Dead. That's the same like all of this is this, you know, the free companies. Like, there's actually com- competition between free companies, but you have no idea about it because it exists on the, on the website in the Lodestone. So it's like... Yeah. I, I actually <laughs> found that out, like, six, seven months ago. A buddy of mine was like, I want to revitalize my free company to get high in the rankings. I'm like, rankings? Yeah. And I've been playing this game since 1.0, and it's like, what do you mean rankings? <laughs> but but those systems themselves already exist in the game, and when we talk about... <laughs> so without healers, it, even even tanks, like, had a value. Because, like, stuns became incredibly valuable. So it wasn't just, like, the traditional jobs that you expect to be the best. A team of all that, it's like, well, that could still lose. Hold on a second, guys, because uh, the, the uh, heat repair guy. Yeah, go for it. And we're back from our uh, short break. We want to thank Tacos for sponsoring this episode. That's right. Tacos. Delicious uh, tacos. Get some for lunch. Uh, <laughs> well, I actually am going to get tacos for lunch. Well, that's awesome. It's a great day to have tacos. Uh, so again, uh, you can check links in the description below that don't exist. But we do want to thank tacos for sponsoring the channel and making videos like this possible. We just was like, I love links down below that don't exist. <laughs> like, where's that taco link, Brian? I want my 20% off my uh, my tacos. Like that would generic be generic tacos. Good at all retailers. <laughs> uh, that, that would be literally like uh, that'd be power. That would be dangerous for me to wield. Okay. So um, we were talking about PVP and the changes that I want the see make. And we talked about leaderboards and all that. I think that in and of itself would help like, in, you know, give players the ability to create their own fun, create their own challenges. We talk about like the static, Chris and I, and Chris has talked about the achievements, but static, the, the achievement system, the challenge log itself, like those are what we have always felt are simple little changes to help kind of drive that. And I think that would help drive content creation, which I think would help promote the game and bring more people into it. Uh, you know, Benny, like, what are your thoughts, though? Because, like, uh, like those are just my thoughts and changes that I want to see made for PvP. Chris, do you have a thought as well? Because you did your Chris I, eye. <laughs> I think I think Shadow Bears has had a weird relationship with content creation. Um, so I think, you know, Benny, you kind of talk about, like, we were talking about beforehand, like, when do you make videos? Because people ask for Final Fantasy videos, but then you make them, and they don't 
do as well. Um, and so you, it's like, well, who am I making videos for? And it's, it's because this game has a lull and the initial launch should have been this incredible mega push of content, but the streams were down. Like there were, there were lower streams for Shadowbringers when it launched than expected because people were worried about spoilers. So yep. like Final Fantasy specifically has a really weird relationship with content creation. It, well, it's cause it's story driven. That's the issue. And then when it comes to actual gameplay, there's no random factor. The reason why I can go from Final Fantasy to Minecraft and get more viewers on Minecraft or go from Destiny to a, a weird game called Breath Edge and get more viewers on Breath Edge is because I'm not that personality in Final Fantasy or Destiny. And what people want to see is the randomness. In my opinion, the reason why games like Fortnite do so well is it all marketing, all that stuff aside, the reason why competitive games like Fortnite do so well is you don't know what's going to happen. So if you're into that kind of a game, well, I don't know. Is Chris going to kick ass this round? Is he going to get destroyed this round? Is he going to build a castle? I got to watch it find out because there is no linear path that you're going to follow. And it leads to Final more... Fantasy, you know. And it leads to more of those real reactionary moments where right. I, like, you know, was brought to just, like, tears in Dragon Quest Eleven, And my wife looked at me and she's like, I wish you were streaming it. And I'm like, I'm glad I'm not. Nobody needs to see a grown man cry. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> but it's like she's like she had that moment she's like this is such a real moment for you like because dragon quest 11 affected me on a deep level like it and i talk about it nobody watched that video <laughs> but it's like, like whatever like it's, it exists if you guys are curious but the uh but with with 14 like our relationship with the story is so personal our relationship with emmett selk our relationship with the scions our relationship with the world is so personal that it is like kind of this like this special little thing especially now where you look at like a other single player final fantasy game people might come out to watch it i played 15 people came and watched me play 15 there like there isn't necessarily because it is also a static game but we've had so many years of investment it's kind of like you're finally getting to this this pivotal moment in the in the narrative that yeah like nobody wants to watch me watch the event you know the end game <laughs> you know it's like yeah. yeah like no i'm gonna go experience it like the fact is that people were getting beat up because they were coming out of the theater yelling out spoilers because they some people suck you know <laughs> it's just like right and uh and and that's the thing I, I look at 14 like i look at the the whole marvel cinematic universe right now like there is this that that experience and then there happens to be this other game that i really enjoy and appreciate but in and of itself, like there are definitely some shortcomings. I think PvP being one of them, PvP, if they would invest in, I think people would show up for it. It works in these oh, games. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Because I, that I think that's one of the big, because like I said, I, I always go back to the personality thing, but the second thing that draws people into WoW is that RNG nature. And the biggest mm -hmm. RNG thing is the PvP. And they've done a good job of at least making it interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't think Final Fantasy has ever made their PvP interesting. They tried too hard to make it Final Fantasy. And when they made the new hot bar at the bottom and we got new jobs, I was like, oh, they're going in a direction where PvP is going to be unique. And they, I feel like they tried it. And we're like, oh, no, forget it. Let's make rival wings. They do that with a lot of things. Yeah. They 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 get yeah. they take a half step in a new direction, which could be interesting. And if it's not immediately successful, they give up. Yeah. Um, aren't, aren't and we so also, we have a lot of partial systems in this game. Aren't we also then disservicing ourselves because we said that we want them to do different things, and then we're also bemoaning the different things that they've they've tried. Well, I think that leads to five point one not being anything experimental. 
because anything they try experimental, like Eureka, gets a huge amount of backlash, and they have to spend all this development time to fix it. And well, have it, on it was delayed. Blue Mage got like, a lot of backlash. The thing is, is that Eureka was when, when you look at the third stage of it, like that was what was planned for the first. Like right. when I when I talk about it as an engineer, like when I sat down, it was meeting with Yoshi P was a great moment of peace for me because I'm sitting here looking at the game, seeing these threads from an engineer's mindset because that's what that's how I feed my family, and I'm sitting here like why haven't they just finished the thought? And it's that they would, if they could. Eureka right. being a huge delay. That was a huge impact also on, on, on uh, you know, just Stormblood. I was like, why does this feel less than, why does it feel thin when, when compared to Heaven's Word, compared to ARR? Like, is it just thinning out? Like, are they just done? And it's that, honestly, they're probably working on their next game or something big, and people were like, oh, that's Shadowbringers. No, it's it's not. Like, Shadowbringers, from a narrative perspective, they, they crushed it, but from a game and a development perspective, Eureka was delayed. Like, and it was it was supposedly going to be in 4.1, and then they had to push it to, to 4.2, you know, the, the half patch, and then it wasn't even still finished, and right. then it took it still another six right. months for it to finally... around. And everybody who, who got to that point was like, oh, this is great. Oh, this is great. You still got to go sludge through this stuff earlier because they, it is so hard for them, especially yeah, from... Go ahead. I wanted to do I wanted to do Baldizian Arsenal, and I was I I had I'd gotten off the train too early, because um, I rode it for several stops, being like, oh, it's gonna build to something, it's gonna build to something, and then it wasn't. So I got off, and then people started playing BA, and I was like, oh no, like BA was now, good. I, now I, I'd have to get back on that train. I uh, uh, I took a week off of work to catch up so I could do BA. <laughs> oh, it looked so fun. So to talk more about content creation, then. It, it, that explains why there's not more PvP creators. That explains why there's not more interest in like watching people who are like gearing up for the next world first race in between ultimates because the gaps are so big because of the development cycle. And but it doesn't explain why there's not more success in places like the storytelling. Like so, we had Ethis Asher for a long time, who's moved more into narrative and actually plays a lot of games outside of 14. You know, you have people who investigate interesting kind of tidbits and stuff with like Larry Zar playing off the humor in the game who is posting less and less. So when I look at channels like Comic Storian, where you would have the chance to go in and give us the entire backstory up to this point, when you have 400 hours for, through a single playthrough, each patch should be an interesting chance to go back and kind of catch people up. Why, why do more creators like that not exist? Like why is... The story element? Yeah. Uh, I think overall, cause so a lot of people don't aren't, aren't actually aware of this, but when I started doing YouTube, we started doing uh, gaming videos, normal Let's Plays, and that led to doing stories to all the games. Mm -hmm. We explained sure. the backstory to Metal Gear. We explained the black stories to early Final Fantasies and Assassin's Creed. Um, the problem is everyone of the brothers started doing all these weird deep dive speculation videos because we were one of the first ones that did a lot of that. And then okay. everyone started doing it. And I feel like lore wise, it's not what I've seen with a trend with early days of just explaining the plot to a game and people being like, oh, thank you. I can go play the sequel as now it turned into a game only seems to hit those notes when they don't tell you anything. So Destiny 2, you guys have Bife on yeah. the last yeah. Part of the reason why I'm so interested in the Destiny 2 lore is because you can't find it in the game. I'm not missing it. You got to piece together that freaking puzzle. You know? Why do you think Five Nights at Freddy's lore videos did so well? Because they're not telling you the story. You know, Fortnite, everyone speculated forever until the world ended. And they were all like, what is happening in Fortnite? And I feel like 
narratively, we've gone in a direction where linear stories, people just want to do themselves and they don't really want them fully explored for them. They want to play it or not watch it. Right. What people want is for a story that doesn't have direct answers and they want you to explain that. So look at Destinies and the Dark Souls and the Fortnites and all that stuff, you know? Well, and that then leads into, again, promotion. I think one of the things that it's that earned media concept. If, if anybody doesn't know, just to define it, earned media is what we're all in the business of right here. It's that we're fans of X and then right. we want to go talk about that. We want to go make guides or videos or, or whatever or streams and we want to just engage and have conversations like we would like in normal life like hey we sit around talking about video games that's how our chris and i's channel formed it was like it's like hey chris why don't we just hit record on these hour-long conversations that we have about what's going on with final fantasy etc it's like yeah. that sounds like fun and oh here we are years later and things are working so it's that i honestly because we, we've seen that we've seen that when we had scott zone on it's like it's like yeah there is an a, an actual dip with that, which from an algorithmic perspective, because again, like we said at the top of the show, you get YouTubers together, the algorithm's going to come up. From an yep. algorithm perspective, <laughs> like it's it, it doesn't then promote the video. And people, there, there's a mindset, and I, I, I'm curious, Benny, on your thoughts here, because there's a mindset, I, I don't agree with it. Does negative content hurt games? What do you mean? Like, what, Give me an example of negative content. Uh, like just essentially being if critical say... of the game. If I say why 5.1 is the end of Final Fantasy 14, does that hurt 14? <laughs> Clickbait. <laughs> no, um, I, I actually hate that, the, that exactly what you said, because that's what happens to a lot of games. Fortnite is dying. Mm -hmm. It's not dying. Right. You, you're not interested in the latest gun. Final Fantasy 14 is dying. It's not dying. You just mm -hmm. lost interest in the latest patch. Uh, but the problem is, I feel like what I've noticed, at least in the world of content, people look for like-minded individuals who also hate their stuff more than people who are interested into the game from what I've seen or the TV shows and stuff like that. For me, if I make a video that says flash season six is amazing, I will get less views than if I do flash season six is a dumpster fire, you know, and everyone wants to know why. And I get more like-minded people whenever you hate on things. And that's what I hate about that because it almost turns into a cycle of content creation where we have to make these hate videos once a week or once a month just to get new viewers to check out content you know i i the neg i i, I don't think it does anything negative because more often than not at least for me if someone puts out a hate video on a game i then go well now i want to go see why what what is he talking about is yeah the latest gun of destiny that bad that he's quitting the game but he made a clickbait video to get me to watch it which i did and now i'm gonna go play the game more so i don't think it actually negatively affects the game yeah, but I but because of the views, I think everyone makes those videos. Pewdie, PewDiePie like put out a video. Don't play this game. It was Flappy Bird, and it went crazy to the point where people are playing it and they don't know they're playing a meme, and right. and that's just kind of the, the nature. And full disclosure, I've made a Final Fantasy fourteen is dying video. I stand by it. I think it's an incredible video. It has nothing I made, has nothing to do with the game's population. It has everything to do with what we're talking about here on this podcast. Yeah. I made two videos back to back. I talked about the five reasons I think this game is good for you. And I talked about the five reasons that I think maybe it wouldn't be. And both of those lists start with story. If you yeah. love story, this is a good game for you. If you do not like games that are like tied to story and I just want to do my own thing, Final Fantasy 14 is going to, going to drive some frustration. Uh, there might be other aspects of the game that are make it worth it, but you're going to have to do the MSQ. And so like, and I made that list and we ran them back to back days 
with near identical thumbnails. And one said five reasons it's terrible. And one said five reasons it's amazing. And the terrible one got more people that love the game, more people giving advice on how to get started and crushed the other one in views. So it was better for Final Fantasy. It was better for us. It was a negative title. And it was literally us saying like, it can't be that easy. And it is. It's 100% that easy. And you open with that, check out like the reasons why you should. And so it's just like, <laughs> yeah, like we're going to look and compare and contrast. Now, YouTube today, we would have to put that as one video, like the five reasons why you shouldn't, shouldn't, or something of that nature, because you right. got yeah, you you you, you to get the length. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that that watch time. And that's where it's like, I, like how much of gaming today, uh, as we kind of wind this podcast down, because I think overall, we're all really excited for 5.1. Overall, we're just wanting to hopefully maybe, at least I think for me, I'd love to see what the vision might be that Yoshi P wants to deliver in the next two years and three years. Not You don't have to tell me expansion, you don't have to tell me story, but what do they want to deliver? Uh, do they have anything that they're wanting to deliver? You know, not from a, like, yeah, we, we've got a couple surprises. I think honestly, that's what I would love to hear. We've got a few surprises coming coming your way. Oh, cool. Like, right. you know, that, that's, on, that, that's hey. speculation, that's... Getting excited. I feel like they're nervous to do that because of the Eureka backlash. They told us about Eureka so far in advance that we were just like, where is it? Well, yeah. And then we I don't waited. think you announce anything anymore. I think you say <laughs> well, Final that's, Fantasy that's 16. True. That's true. Playable today. today. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's already installed on your 14 launcher. It's already it installed. installed. Just play it. We're getting the new launcher. That would be so funny. Like, oh, oh is there new, a new game in there? New launcher? <laughs> like, what's what's this Play 16 on here? Like, I don't know. That your would subscription be has mind. carried over. That would, that would blow my mind on that regard. Regards. But let's let's let's. Sixteen is going to be an MMO, and it's going to get. There's going to be a twenty dollars sub for eleven, uh, fourteen, and sixteen. I'm calling it now. <laughs> See, our, like whether it's sixteen or seventeen, because it's like, like ultimately, fifteen's been out and a long time now. Whether it's sixteen or seventeen, I, I agree with you. I, the fact that they didn't announce a, a publisher subscription at, at E3 this year was mind blowing. I was really yeah. surprised by that. That they're like, because that's the that's where the model is going, and one subscription to rule them all, like. Yeah, I would pay twenty bucks, four eleven, four four, like, and that's where, from a narrative perspective, like to your point, where you think that uh, it, the next one could tie into the story of this one, where they're keeping New Game Plus, where they're not going to shut it down and let people play, that allows them to say all the new content is, is dropping over here, but you still have access to this because all of this is supporting its own ecosystem. You yeah. can, you oh, you don't you want more of a sandbox? We've got a product for you. Final Fantasy Eleven's available. You can go run around in that world and do whatever. I mean, Eleven's so. up and running perfectly fine. They're trying to do a resurgence right now. If they would just fix the interface, I would return. It, and 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 kill play <laughs> online and bring it to consoles again. Like if they were able to, I, like, I don't care about consoles. Just give I me do. a true windowed mode and let it work with my keyboard without like a ninety thousand extra keys that don't matter. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that's amen. all I want. Preach it, brother. Like, um, don't. I, I tried to get back into that. I'm like, why is this button for the menu? What is the, What is this? I can't remap anything. I got to plug a controller in. Now this just doesn't work right. I got a guide for you. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, like let's 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 like uh, transition here, kind of the final thought. I, I like to get some you know thoughts on your uh, from the algorithm perspective because obviously you you've got bigger numbers. Last time we checked. Uh, <laughs> no, I've plummeted, man. I got nothing left. <laughs> Comic story, it is dying. That's new video. Um, but uh, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like so when that when that perspective, like when you see that kind of shift uh, in in terms of, of length, that my question to you is from a gaming perspective, 
these algorithmic shifts, like I, I honestly worry about the culture of gaming and what kind of games are being made because of somebody's, you know, algorithm shifting one way or the other, longer videos, you know, et cetera. Like we're like, do you see that same kind of thing? Do you share any kind of worries like that? About going longer? Well, I'm saying that the, the subtle shifts in the algorithm have led to some of the frustrations people have. But this is at least how I see it. So you look at streaming and you look at content creation, driving multiplayer games. Everybody's like, oh, single player games are great. Yeah, like you go and experience that and then you return to these these games, which are content, the, the creator economy, the earned media is setting the tone. And I, I think that's where 14 has struggled is because right. of the algorithm. And I think that's where these other games ex have exceeded, be, uh, succeeded because of the algorithm. And you see 14, and the reason why I feel this is true is you see 14 jump to the top of Twitch whenever there's an ultimate that drops, whenever certain things come out, like it, it really will compete in those in those spheres and it, it just doesn't have the the staying power i, I i'm not really i understand what the actual question is that i'm sorry brian <laughs> no you're so, good i suck it i don't i don't think i don't think content creation is damaging gaming any more today than it has been i i think actually okay. pushing to longer length will get us away from that instant i need that that hot so brian mm -hmm. and i got a chance to submit clips for um for a company to kind of put out as like they're trying to get into gaming space and they were like hey we're looking to use some gaming clips and we'd love to use yours and in trade we'll drive traffic to work to game and right. i submitted some clips along with i'm sure dozens of other channels and our clips didn't get used and i reached out and i said hey how come our clips didn't get used i submitted clips of me clearing trials and they said it just didn't have the level of excitement we were looking for and that's because i was running my weekly clears because i thought that'll be a really nice showcase of what it is to play endgame and i'm explain like i'm calling out i'm like oh that guy's about to die and he dies and like but it doesn't have that like oh my gosh that like being the right. last person alive and they want that has. energy Mm -hmm. And and they're saying the energy, and you're like, well, maybe it's just not you, Chris. But like when I play Halo, I have that energy, so I know it's the game because me playing Halo is something I can't put on work to game because we keep our language reasonable here. So like, <laughs> I, I am so loud, true. I am excited. I just don't get that excited about. But that doesn't mean I'm not having a good time. It just doesn't have that. But when you talk about extending things to like 10, 20, you know, Bife put out like a four hour video, you you can't have that level of like adrenaline running for four hours straight. It would be exhausting. You'd shut it off. Right. And so it gives you a chance to dive into deeper things. You talking about the shift in gaming. The other thing is like, I would have agreed with you six months ago, Brian, but we're starting to see things like other worlds is getting some amazing press. And I listened to Scallop's review and he made some valid points about how we don't have good narrative being told anymore. Um, and there's these huge dry spells where like good narrative single player games, there just aren't that many. And so the reason they're not getting that much press coverage okay. is because there's nothing to cover. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I understand what you're saying now. Thanks. Yeah. Sorry, I, I suck sometimes. I get lost in my and trip my own words. <laughs> oh, I was just I was really trying to put together the question. I'm like, yeah. I, yeah. it sounds like you're explaining more the situation than giving me a question to actually answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting better. Um, By episode I, 100, I'll be a really good podcaster. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you on that one. Like when I stream Destiny, I'll get better numbers than when I do Final Fantasy because I go into Crucible and it's mm -hmm. random and I get hyped. And we make funny little jokes and things like that inside of there because things are happening and I can't foretell them. I feel like I get more reaction to my survival games because I don't know what's going to happen. So I get hyped. Yeah. I get excited. I get mm -hmm. a Final Fantasy and I'm like, hey, guys, chill day. We're going to level bunk. Ready to go in low level? Oh, it's that same dungeon again. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so does that, 
damage gaming that content creation has made I that almost a requirement that. in de in the development cycle. Right. I could see that kind of because if somebody is trying to explore Final Fantasy 14 and they go in and they see you or me jump in there and be like, doing my weekly trials, cool. But then they watch me go to Destiny and I'm like, yeah, look at the grenade launcher. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm I'm literally they know which one one's of, bringing more I excitement. I wish somebody like I I haven't had the time to do it. So otherwise, I would. But I'm always kind of hopeful that somebody goes through my PvP matches and just clips. Like uh, uh, you could do the. I, I think it would be hilarious in my mind. Maybe I'll do it, and it probably is not funny. But it's just me <laughs> getting kills because I I have for whatever reason over the last couple of months, like playing Destiny, I, I just go sit down, sit. Sit, sit down. As I just <laughs> knock people down, and I'm just like, I would love to see, and maybe I'll just do it for me. I probably, I, I maybe I won't publish it, but it would be just me, like back to like without the gaps and, and like and kills, especially when there's a multiple multiple people, and that's just my my reaction. And I would do the same. I've even called that out in Final Fantasy 11's 14's um, 14's PvP. Yeah. Like, oh, sit down, dragoon. You know, like I don't know why I've defaulted to that mindset or that phrase, <laughs> but I'm gonna trademark it unless I, unless somebody else has, and then we get some shirts. So, <laughs> I don't know, but it's like you're right. There is this energy there. There and, and, and PVE content, I love to death. I love it. I think that 14 needs to fix the PVP problem. I, hands they need down. something that is nonstop exciting. Yeah. Because right now, they, everyone sees us getting excited for story and, run, and, run, and leveling of jobs. Final Fantasy, as much as I hate to say it, because I love the series. I've been with the, the MMO since the beginning of Eleven. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what you said, Chris. It's become so casual, so easy, that even during those periods when I don't have any time to do it, I can get on and complete my weekly stuff, which is great for their concurrent sub numbers. But what am I getting excited about? Hey, I'm logging back on and running the twinning for the 50th goddamn time. You know, like, <laughs> the exciting element is got a really shitty healer this time. <laughs> could be that ultimate could, maps. That could ultimate be. maps would be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. maps are fun. Maps ultimate are actually maps. fun. Maps that are punishing. Like maps that, maps that just wreck too people. Easy. Yeah. Like but, maps with like Diablo style modifiers. It's like, oh, oh. exploding guys. Like <laughs> that, the modifiers thing. And like, I, I do want to, I do want to like draw some conclusions. So we have to get you on Benny. Uh, you know, maybe uh, in a couple of weeks when we've gone hands on with a five one to kind of get our, our hot takes from here to then to now. But the, um, but like on that note, like modifiers in themselves are like a, a title itself. Can you do this with, these insane modifiers like it's it just takes a concept and it turns it on its head like imagine every yeah. time like you kill an enemy it explodes and puts out damage it's like okay guys like that changes the strategy it changes the approach there are risks with all of that right you end up building out a system that eventually could you know could be too heavy and collapse and nobody does it right the worst the worst thing they would make would be something that nobody does and like i hope to god everybody uses new game plus because if nobody uses it then I'm just going to be frustrated words. with the like, with the development. You know, it's going to be like, well, I wonder what they could have made instead of this. But I hope I'm in the minority. And then Benny, on your on your not, not podcast on your live stream, you're saying, well, maybe it didn't take that many resources to make. And I hope that maybe you know. I, I'm maybe. hoping I'm hoping it really was just more of an overlay kind of a thing, and they're just that was all they really had to do. Yeah. I mean, I I, I could list off a dozen different ways, like you said with modifiers. What if Heaven on High allows you to put in modifiers, which could increase drop rates? Yeah. How hard would that be to make? I mean, I I'm not I, I don't know. I'm not a developer, but like you could put in simple things, and you could even make it because like Destiny allows you to put modifiers in mm -hmm. that makes it impossible to beat it. Mm -hmm. Like you can literally make it impossible to beat your Nightfall, 
it, like let the developers be like, here's the modifiers. If you fuck it up, that's on you. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just but that 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 puts that the the, the sandbox back into players' hands. Right. So, and I, yeah. I I have one idea for PvP before please, we close out. Please, please, please. If they are so dead set on this four man team, four man team PVE, why don't they do like they did back in Ion or even in Gambit? We are PVE where we have to race to the end, and mm -hmm. whoever can get to the ending gets to duke it out. We've been doing PVE that. the whole way with just like a really shoddy PVP finale. Yeah, <laughs> we've uh, we've been doing that. We did that's what we actually been doing for our nightfalls, and I've honestly thought about doing that from a st fourteen stream perspective, getting right. two teams of four people to race the same dungeon to see who could clear it the quickest or so. Just Time something. Trials. Why yeah. is that not in there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, bake it into the game. I think to answer your question, just like if the developers could, I think they would. I believe in the in the dev team that much. I think what we are the reason why we can't have nice things is a lot to do with the engine and how this what, what people refer to as spaghetti code with 1.0 yeah. to 2.0 and it's and I, I would think that yoshi p is like probably just as frustrated because it'd be like yeah let's do this like yeah because like he's always like wanting to make the game players want to make our i think our critiques aren't unique critiques by any stretch of the imagination if they are unique yeah. critiques leave your critiques in the comments below be sure to hit that like subscribe button and share this out blah 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 content creation uh <laughs> um Betty, where can people find you? What you got? Uh, you got you working on anything exciting that people might enjoy? Oh, uh, comic historian covering comic books, movies, TV shows, all focused around basically the comic book universe. We do everything from cover the storyline to Final Fantasy fourteen to telling you the latest uh, situation with Batman and Superman fighting against Superman who laughs. Just literally launched that right now. My team was working on it while we were on the show, uh, and I also stream over on Eligible Monster where I play Final Fantasy fourteen and survival games basically. <laughs> links will be in the description below guys go make sure you're giving him a follow especially on eligible monster we want to see his gaming content grow i think you're an excellent content I'd creator like <laughs> and uh, i think uh, you're, you're you're an excellent streamer something i really enjoyed uh watching over the last couple of months since we've gotten to know you and gotten to know you better um chris what, you. what are you working on where can people find us if they haven't found us already then that's a, that's a shocker well i would say they probably found us this far into one of our podcasts but uh maybe not <laughs> so uh I, I am playing a lot of games right now i'm looking forward to blizzcon and the brief touch on 5.1 there are a huge number of things in 5.1 i am looking forward to um, my complaints in this show were entirely about what it means for the long-term health of the game. In the short term, I'm really excited to get into the crafting and gathering. And of course, new dungeons are always fun. Um, new raids are always fun. And so I'm looking forward to working on that. I had a blast talking with Bife last week. We had a great podcast. If you guys haven't seen that, next week we'll be talking to Mioni, uh, hopefully with kind of a little more thoughts on this. Um, so I don't, we'll see. I was really <laughs> hoping that the 29th, the 29th kind of bummed me out. I, I really would have preferred it being launched um, this week would have been a lot easier if they just centered their schedule on mine, but I don't think they checked my calendar. So this is the second time not. guys that you brought me in to talk about something and the day got pushed back and we just kind of spitballed for right. Yeah, exactly. we got to have you back to back weeks. We'll push things out months. <laughs> well, I've got a, I've got a baby coming in. I, well, not me personally. My wife's having the baby uh, and uh, that's happening at the end of November. So I, I wouldn't mind stocking up on a couple of these podcasts so they can kind of run because I'm not going to be available. Um, to be a public figure by any stretch of the imagination. Um, in that regards, though, uh, like I am uh, really actually ch excited about checking out Outer Worlds on Friday. 
Um, now that we all have learned that Chris hates Final Fantasy XIV in this podcast. <laughs> Facts. That's what's going to be the, that's going to, I know that's going to be a comment. All of these hours have been just to get to this moment when I could say I hated it. <laughs> I, like, I put in 600 hours just to say this game. Thanks, Lazy Peon. Um, the, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, anyway, so we've got, uh, we've got lots of stuff coming up for you guys. And, uh, I thank you all for hanging out for Work to Game. My name is Brian. My name's Chris. And I'm Benny. Yes. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I don't know who's supposed to jump in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're good, man. You're good. The uh, we, we do it to everybody, we, and we'll oh, keep okay. doing it. Yeah, we'll just we'll just make sure that your gap is shorter, so you're like, oh, I got this down. Um, <laughs> I'm awesome. Yeah. Quick cut. Be sure to follow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be sure to follow Benny, and be sure to hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast, and we will see you next time.